So we're live. Uh, so I, this is Jasmine Sandler, and we're audio only today on Warrior Women in Business. Um, it's a little crazy with the holidays, so but I am very excited about today's guest. We haven't had anybody with this specific background, um, so I, I'm excited to get right into it. But um, for those of you that aren't familiar with Warrior Women in Business and what the podcast and event series is all about, I'd like to give a little bit of an intro. Again, my name is Jasmine Sandler. Uh, my company is Jasmine Sandler Media, and we're a digital marketing and media agency for many years here in New York City. And um, I started Warrior Women in Business, the podcast, really as an opportunity for female entrepreneurs in New York, of which there are many, to get quick bits and bites and direct kind of advice from those that have been there and done that. So I interview on a weekly and sometimes bi-weekly basis women that I think are doing something tremendous to help other women in the city um, as well as across industry. Uh, and besides the podcast, Warrior Women in Business, we host events. Uh, we, we're just coming off an event that we ran in cooperation with the mayor's office in New York City to help raise awareness around um, gender-based violence and domestic violence. And we are in the throes of planning our annual conference, conference Brand You. Um, so for any of you that are interested in that, you know, just, just shoot us um, a message and we can get you more info. But to get right into it, I am really excited to have on today's podcast um, Anna Angelica. Uh, we, we've never physically met, um, but I read about her on Forbes and I immediately reached out to her. I was thoroughly impressed. Um, so I asked her to be on the podcast. So say hello to everyone. Hi, it's great to be here. And thanks a lot for, for your kind words. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. Yes, thank you. And thank you for being around. You know, it's like pre-holiday season. Everybody's kind of scurrying around. Um, <laughs> and um, so before we get started, I want to give Anna's background. As all of you know, you know, I like to give a little bit of a, just a brief and then jump right into some questions and let Anna do the talking. So uh, Anna is, was named to Forbes CMO Next, and she is a brand strategy executive writer and doctor of uh, sociology who specializes in the modern in modern luxury brands. And the reason I reached out to her is, well, for many reasons, but one, I've been very involved with the Luxury Marketing Council over the years um, here in New York. Um, I looked at her portfolio of brands that she's supported. I mean, really, it's like all the top fashion brands you can think of. And a lot of my female entrepreneurs want to hear from women that have that are senior leaders in marketing and in fashion. Um, so she seamlessly combines technology, business, and creativity, and is equally passionate about, about um, observing the counterfeit luxury goods scene on Canal Street. And Anna, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to be a director at IBM um, on Church Street, which was right next to Canal Street. So every morning, I would witness that. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. Right, it's a it's a big scene, and I don't know much about it. So, um, and I know that you've done work with um, MIT Media Lab students as well. And um, so, I mean, obviously, she's very qualified to be on the show. So, I want to start what by just kind of asking you, as I do with most of my guests. You know, you had this honestly tremendous career, which I'd like you to talk more about um, in branding, design, and marketing in the luxury goods space. Where did this, you know, where did your passion start um, and how did you get to where you are today? 
Right. So uh, I arrived in New York like 20 years ago. I'm Serbian. I came from Belgrade to do my master's and my PhD. And I focused on doing my um, PhD in sociology of innovation, sociology of technology, which led me then to digital agencies and then creative agencies. I was at Razorfish and Huge and Droga 5. And then after that, I wanted to focus and specialize in retail, in commerce, because I thought that... Um, retail and commerce were going through fantastic change and with the with the digital market and that's very early on it was more at the time of e-commerce but thinking about how people make decisions how they choose between products what they pay attention to what they want to spend money on what they think it's valuable that's all started about like I don't know, five or six years ago. And now we are actually seeing a lot of different variations of what retail is from redistribution markets to circular fashion, to a secondary marketplaces, to rentals, to sales, to sales and rentals, to redefinition of the role of physical stores. So all those things are the ones that interest me. And so to the, the easiest way to get in it or, or just the, the direct line, led me to, to agencies that specialized in working with fashion, luxury, and, and uh, beauty and lifestyle brands. So that's, I ended up at Spring Studios and then at Havas Luxha, where I led the luxury practice for the global Havas uh, network in the U.S. Okay, and uh, can you talk like, about any specific, you know, brands, companies that you've worked with where you really, you know, it was a point in your life where you had to make some specific de decisions on your career path um, in terms of like something, you know, really like a, like a marker in your career that you can talk about while working with a brand that really helped you to propel and grow. I don't think there was a single moment like that. I think it was more okay. a combination of uh, personal, professional interests in, in how people buy things, what influences their decisions, what is the role between people and brands, and how does digital technology changes that role be between people and brands? Because when you think about it, like what is traditional brand marketing is like doing ads or doing events or, or sponsoring or a 30 second spot or a print ad. And then all of a sudden there, there are all those like DTC brands and even before that, there were brands like Target who all of a sudden they had like this massive, massive e-commerce sites. And how do you help people decide on in that context? So that was actually what drew my interest. How do you really solve people's problems? How do you put customer experience at the center? How you design for it? And how do you help customers navigate through this crazy abundance of choice and information about this choice? Like what is the role of brands and retail brands in, in, in on-demand economy? Yeah, so no, I agree with you. I mean, I'm in branding, I've been in branding for a while, but not like specifically fashion and it is really around consumer demands and, and trends. So. I, I know that there's quite a bit going on in, in the changing world of fashion now as it's related to technology and brands. Can you talk about um, any of the you know, technology trends um, that are affecting fashion, where you see that going? Right. And I mean, my interests are wider than fashion. We can focus on that. When we see overall, I think even when you go from like 
grocery shopping now they're influencers in, in grocery shopping you know it's not an influence it's not something that that's anymore like just a limit to culture industries to film to to, to fashion to skateboarding to you you know art now you have in all areas of life so i would say that like with instagram with that sort of aesthetics and the, the, those also sorts of platforms and social networks there was a big flattening of what is going on in terms of what content there is and who influences what content we consume. I mean, just look at our feeds. It's a combination of things from very, very, very different areas of culture. And I think that fashion now needs to react to that and adapt to that because before it was very insular, closed, siloed industry and now it exists together with all other forms of creative expression and cultural forms. So I would look at that like the role of technology overall is how it really changes the role of the industry in modern culture, for one, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so can you talk a little bit about what you're doing, what you do specifically day to day today, a little bit for our audience, just so they have an idea? Yeah, so after being an agency on the agency side, I went on brand side and I was the chief brand officer at Rebecca Minkoff last year. And they were, they are clearly the innovators in technology, intersectional fashion and technology with interactive mirrors in the stores, with early work with influencers, with introduction of loyalty points, which happened after my tenure there. So it was a great place to experiment and to do, to try out different things and to see how that fashion company can become more responsive organization how in real time we can respond as a, as a as a company to consumer demand and adapt to it and how can we even use like examples from other industries like streetwear and focus um, on on releasing products and updating merchandising based on how consumer demand fluctuates and also how to influence that consumer demand that was on yeah. after that I was very I was working the executive brand consultant at David Yearman where I worked together to, directly with the Yearman family and with the president of David Yearman on defining everything from from marketing to brand positioning communicate and communication and I did the same thing at Mansur Gabriel most recently. In addition to that, I often speak at conferences about the intersection of retail, technology, luxury, fashion, and overall, what is the modern economy of goods and services? What do we want to spend money on? What do we pay attention to? What do you think is valuable? I see. Okay. Um, and I see, you know, we talk a lot, of, a lot on the show about, um, you know, being a a female, in your case, female leader, um, and supporting, I mean, you're definitely in the industry that skews female. So can you um, talk about, like, any 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 of your own kind of, I asked my audience, my guests, what, what are your kind of secrets for your own personal success and professional success being a female leader? You know, do you see any differences there in your industry? Okay, well, I don't have a choice because I'm a woman and I still identify as she, her. So I am, I mean, the fact that I'm a female and leader is sort of something that with the position that I am in and the leadership position sort of is a combination of thought leadership, of, of doing good work, really, of, of, of working hard, focusing on 
the teams on what is important, growing people around me, setting the vision, inspiring people to, to get along on that vision and really letting people own it, their own direction and path. We all, my job is to sort of say, hey, this is the North Star, we're all working towards that, but how every single person gets there, is my job is just to stir it, not to like, not to tell them what, what to do. That's what I always thought that my management style is, and I always thought the best results come from unlocking what is within each person. Okay, and would you, do you have any bits of advice for um, women that are looking to get in that industry, either, you know, because I have worked, you know, in the work that I do and what I see is a lot of women that are um, developing startups in that industry as well as, you know, younger women that are looking to get into the industry. So do you have any, you know, a couple bits of advice for them um, as far as, you know, being successful in that, in that particular industry? Yeah, I think that being persistent is uh, is uh, underrated value following through. Those are the important things. But also at the same time is... Um, when I am on, on panels, when I'm when I'm not when I'm usually like it's all male panels and I'm the only female there and sometimes I have in the past I had to fight to be heard to actually have the opportunity yeah. to answer the question to and that that's something that everyone should do. Like not all of or not everyone is aggressive, not everyone is assertive, but th they should kind of uh, Think about how do I get my voice heard? And even if that is in a quiet way or in a non-aggressive way, it's still, they should not take sort of the, the situation as a status quo that men talk and women don't. And I, I'm seeing less and less of that. So it's not in my over 10 years of doing that, it's, it's not always comfortable, but it's get, becoming more and more comfortable. And more and more, yeah. uh, we're seeing that other panelists are very respective and that it's a, it's a true, equal, true partnership. And I understand that it's a process, so it's going to get more there. So persistence is one. And then believing that, that everyone's voice should, should be heard. I think that would be my second one. And then also looking at a community and a support because we don't succeed alone. That's a myth that, that it's like a lone hero or lean in or that, we, that it's always individual success. We are as successful as the communities that are behind us. So for me, it's having, having really those few people, doesn't have to be a big number, that, that we, we support each other and, and uh, that, that they're like sort of the, the team. Right, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, certainly in, in industry, persistence is key, but also that getting involved and supporting the community. I mean, that's what this podcast and our event series is all about. And um, it is about uh, lifting every woman up. And I liked how you talked about, you know, it used to be where you're the only woman on a panel. Now, I think that's changing, but it definitely takes, like you said, you know, persistence. Um, question about associate, are you involved with any specific associations or organizations that you think um, are very helpful for your career that you might want to share? 
I'm not in a sense like I'm uh, involved a lot of communities, so to speak. So I, I have a lot of women reach out to me for questions, for mentorship, for advice. So in that sense, that happens organically. In terms of association, I'm not like I'm not one of those people who who like to join clubs. Not a joiner. So that's maybe how. But that doesn't mean that I. I'm not friendly towards difference that I don't like yeah. that. So, uh, there's a part of it. Maybe I'm just not officially identifying, but I'm supporting a lot of women organizations and what Rebecca Minkov is doing now with the female founders. Mm -hmm. That was our idea back when I was still there, how to sort of help help female founders stand out in in the world where millennials make decisions based on what is behind the company well not what's what's just in front of it so yeah of course i i support a lot of communities i'm just not part of any specific professional association i wouldn't say but that, that's okay. I, I think that's uh, I, that's that's my own path. There is no one way of of doing that, and I'm sure there is pl plenty of us. I mean, I'm part of a lot of conferences and part of those communities. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I ask my guests all of this. You know, how would you, when you hear the term warrior woman or warrior women, wh how would you define that? Well, I think that I'm not necessarily a big fan, and I'll tell you why. I'm not against it, but I think that it ex excludes a really, really big percentage of the popul female population who don't necessarily see themselves as hyper-aggressive, lean, mean, girl boss, badass, and all of that, but they still have a lot to contribute. So I always like to encourage even those who are maybe more shy and who are more introverted to, to sort of see that, 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 that's fine, that they can be who they are and still be, still be very successful. Because I think that now by having warrior women versus others, we are creating maybe a divide that we created all men versus women, you know? So we, we felt as a women lacking versus men in opportunities. So some women think, well, I'm not a warrior woman. How am I ever going to achieve that? And I think of oh. course we can achieve that. They're just different ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, just, you know, for us, warrior women does it's all in encompassing of all types of women. It's just about standing up for who they are and uh, understanding their values. So um, maybe there's a language barrier, but but certainly you know uh, it is very much all it's about community, and um, you know it's it's really a woman like you said taking her own path. So um, it sounds like you're you're someone that does certainly take your own path, and uh, uh, me too. And that you know sometimes it takes that, but it's also that support in the community. Um, okay, so just a couple other questions. Um, on, on values. I find that most of um, the women that I work with, um, whether clients or part of our community, are, are really leaders. They're doing something, you know, authentically to support others because they stand behind specific values. So are there any specific, you know, values um, that you stand by, you know, kind of like on a daily basis as you live your life? Like certain things that, you, you know, just specific values. And if you do have, you know, specific values, why do you have them? I think we all have values, and I think that uh, 
for me, they're, they're, I'm not going to say anything terribly original. I think being respectful of other people is number one. So respect is number one. And then being curious for me, intellectually curious, curious in other people, curious in other ideas is number two. And then open-mindedness, especially in this day and age, that's uh, probably number three. And then I think like not maybe perfectionism, but uh, certainly giving one's best, putting one's best, giving one one sort of giving one's best to whatever they, they do, not just saying, hey, this is important, this is not important. It's kind of like delivering your A game no matter what. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you there because that's, that's, that's what it takes uh, for success, whether you're a man or a woman, right? Um, it, just, it just takes like bringing your A game when you commit to something. So I like, I like that. That's, that's, that's uh, very common, I think, amongst uh, female leaders. Um, so you talked about like, you know, what you do daily and the, your speeches and things like that. So is there, um, how can my audience connect with you? Uh, are there any events that you're involved with or is there a way that they can contact you? What, what do you suggest? Well, I do a lot of speaking engagements. I'm on a lot of panels. I mean, my LinkedIn is pretty up to date. My website is pretty up to date. I write a lot. I publish across Edge, Edwig, Fast Company, Luxury Daily, Glossy, like a lot. Like if, if you just put my name in Google, there's so many ways to, to get in touch. <laughs> I mean, this like, it's, it's, uh, it sounds like arrogant, but it's actually not. It's like, it's, it's, as I said, I post a, a lot. I'm on Twitter, very like uh, sharing, so that it's very easy to find me, so to speak. And that just it's instead of that just means there is accessibility. Okay, perfect. So my my uh, when we're done here, which uh, I think we're ending, we're wrapping up pretty soon. Um, I will with the recording. Uh, I will provide everybody with the, you know make sure that they can search for you and your website in the description. Um, I know that we're short on time today, so I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, and for everyone that, that listened in, thank you so much. Again, uh, just to recap, um, Warrior Women in Business, this is episode 18, and Anna Angelic was kind enough to be on today. Uh, the recording of this will be available on the Warrior Women in Business website, as well as all of their, our social channels. And we are gearing up for a brand new conference too in March here in New York City. So please check the website for opportunities to get involved with the conference. It's going to be pretty amazing. We have a great lineup of speakers as well as evening uh, female music entertainment. So with that being said, I want to again thank you. Um, I look forward to hopefully meeting you physically at one of our next events if you have time. Um, I, I think you'll find our group a really nice group of ladies. And um, I think that's it. We, we've run out of time. So I think we need to sign off. And uh, happy holidays to everyone. This is a, our last podcast before the New Year. So I want to wish everyone a very happy, healthy holidays and New Year. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. bye. Thank you.